We've looked at a lot of Alan Moore on this channel before. We have an Alan Moore Read More Comics playlist that covers some of his hits like Watchmen and V for Vendetta, but also some of the deeper dives like A Small Killing. Well, we are adding one today that you probably have not heard of. That's Alan Moore's songbook, including a collaboration with Neil Gaiman drawing one of his features. Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube comics channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July going on. The last weekend, the last Saturday of July, we invite our audience to share their doubles to put some comic books in those little local lending libraries in their neighborhoods in an effort to just keep putting comics in front of people and to grow some new readers. This is the second year in a row that we've done Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. Last year, we probably saw 100 pictures. Last year, we probably saw a thousand pictures on social media of those little local lending libraries with comics peeking through that front window. So hopefully this year, we'll see 10,000 of those. We also want to remind everybody of the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon, where you can get access to our videos early. You can get ahead of the Kayfabe effect, which you might want to do in today's video. And at the King Kayfaber level, you can actually sit in on our recording sessions and add to this conversation. So, Ed, we are looking at a really strange object today. Alan Moore's songbook, published by Caliber Comics in the late 90s. I don't even know where to begin with this. Alan Moore, obviously one of the most celebrated comic book writers, especially of the superhero genre, to come out of like a Marvel DC kind of model. But he was doing all kinds of experimental work. He's writing novels, he's a musician, and he does this weird feature in Caliber's Negative Burn Anthology where he would contribute song lyrics. I'm not sure when he wrote those. There's not a lot of context in this issue. It's just a collection of all of these different songs that he contributed to Negative Burn with a really great list of creators attached to them, including Neil Gaiman illustrating one of, one of Alan Moore's songs. So I figure we'll just kind of flip through here. Some of these names we know, like Richard Pace, uh, Art Adams, some of them we know from things like Wizards, uh, Palmer's Picks, you know, James Owen, who starts this off, Star Child, not an artist that I have many of his comics, but somehow connected to Alan Moore. And again, I wish there was a little more context here to figure out how did Caliber do all of this. But Alan Moore, interesting creator in that he doesn't stick with that Marvel DC method. Like he self-publishes, he works with indie publishers throughout his career. So something that caliber offered him must have looked attractive and here we go it really is that like late period caliber where they do get some licenses you know like like there was mobius comics and and uh they got this alan moore songbook but there's that kind of half-assed thing that i associate with with caliber so your kind of kayfabe dave mckean cover uh is a part of that and this level of computer lettering now i'm this this kind of lettering is in Starchild, so I'm going to put that on uh, James Owen. But this kind of lettering, I would say, where it's just, uh, you know, that standard font that everybody used. Uh, it just, it feels like a Caliber comic from that time. It's not necessarily a good thing, uh, you know, to, to say. Yeah, and very bizarre in terms of how do you illustrate some of this stuff? This is almost like a Bonnie and Clyde story. So you see some of this violence, but within the lyrics, they're talking about the pen they refer to these guns as pens right the pens mightier than the sword uh coming out of a writer's pen that's kind of what you're seeing in here 
also reminds me of like natural born killers yeah and it makes me wonder about that how much that's on moore's mind i think the publication date is 98 for this it might be in the back we have that rob liefeld conversation where he talked to, uh, to, to alan moore directly exactly. after seeing pulp fiction and michael gatos i believe is probably his biggest profile work alias i think he draws with uh Brian Michael Bendis. At, I, I was going to. I was. I was going to say this feels like a uh, like a Jinx or a Goldfish or one of those kind of Brian Michael Bendis type comics. Probably where those two connect is at Caliber. Yeah. With uh, Bendis having a couple of books published there early in his career, but this is the Neil Gaiman piece. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are three different levels to suit all of your needs. At the King Kayfaber top level, you will get access to all of our videos first and earliest to help curb the Kayfabe effect. You'll be the first one in line to buy those books. And at the King Kayfaber level, you get to sit in on our recording sessions. So welcome to the Brain Trust. It is also brought to you by the books that we make. The books that you can get from me include Hulk Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. These are all available currently in print. My upcoming releases include Street Angel Princess of Poverty, which will collect all of the Street Angel comics not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, and True Crime Funnies, my most recent self-published comic book. You can get this at my Patreon or at my website. Ed Piscor has a big year coming up, starting with the hip-hop family tree Omnibus coming out this fall. You can pre-order that and put your name on a copy now. It collects all the Hip Hop Family Tree comics in one handsome volume along with 140 extra pages. So reserve that one today. X-Men Grand Design. All three volumes of X-Men Grand Design will be collected in one trade paperback this fall. Again, pre-order that one today. Some of these Grand Designs have gone out of print, so this is a way for you to read X-Men Grand Design conveniently. And the third season of Red Room Crypto Killers is currently being published. You can get that at your local comic book shop. There are also two trade paperback volumes in print and available for order wherever you buy books and comics. And now back to our video. Not a lot of Neil Gaiman art out there. Does a 24-hour comic that we covered in the back of a 24-hour um, a comic episode. So does a little bit of art there. And I think does a little bit of sketching whenever he's writing comics kind of like the layout and get the sense of a page, but this level of production is not something that you see very often. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of neat to see him like doing very comic-like drawings in, in the case of that gorilla. And then something else entirely with these pieces. And it looks like uh, it's that sphere of influence, man, where, where McKean is in, in inflecting upon uh, game, yes. game in. Yeah, yeah. Perfect timing for that. You know, you can kind of see it here of collage items and doing stuff with type that's interesting. Uh, quite a contrast with the lettering here, you know, compared to the idea of running type in this this style. Well, that negative burn anthology, you know, like I, I had my eyes set on it as a kid, you know, as like kind of like a naive middle schooler, high schooler who uh, really wanted to be published. Uh, I would I would send stuff to Caliber. If this is 98, I certainly will send in submissions to try to have little strips in, in uh, negative burn. Because uh, because they would have some heavy hitters, but then they would have total noobs and things. And, you know, if you see any negative burns out in the wild, you just grab it because there's going to be one interesting story at the very least. I do wonder, and this is a question for the, the kayfabe audience, are Caliber around wherever you guys are getting comics? Because I Caliber out of Michigan, there was a big presence in Pittsburgh. I see so many Caliber comics and have this big collection, but I think I may take them for granted. I don't know how well they did nationwide. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fine because because I mean, look look at this level of talent. Like, they wouldn't do something for for a, a total nothing. Uh, Richard Case here, 
known from Doom Patrol would be my first thought when I think Richard Case. Interesting to see him inking himself. There's such a uh, there's a quality here that I don't see when I'm, someone else inks him. Like on the Doom Patrol stuff's a little bit more comic booky polish. Right. I like this texture and the black and white quality of this. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, like drawing for black and white. Phil Hester and Andy Parks doing the artwork here, and I wonder if that's a split. Because it's totally different style between the two, almost like columns. Right. Yeah, this is definitely Hester style. Right. I don't know Andy Parks that well. Yeah, I don't either. I know the name for sure. That's why I'm not sure, like, Division of Labor and how this stuff adds up, but stylistically very different between the two sides. <laughs> Leopard Man at C and A's. Like, are these child, like young you know songs that alan moore's writing i think right. he was in like a bit of an avant-garde band maybe around this time maybe he still is for all i know but it does make me wonder like when is he writing this stuff where is it coming from and this art jordan raskin uh, an artist that we've talked about a little bit did a little bit of comics uh, ripclaw probably the big the ripclaw special from image is probably his highest profile job but really liked his work you know it was interesting and promising but didn't do a lot predator yeah. uh, race war miniseries is another one and I think Industry of War would be the third piece that I know of and only does one page, unfortunately. Right. Some of this stuff, the ones that I would like more pages, you don't get. Bill Koba, Kobe, have no idea who this, this artist is. I would bet he hasn't done a lot of comics. Yeah. But yeah. I like this style. Me too, man. This is one when you mentioned Dave McKean earlier, you know, like people that were playing with mixed media and painting and stuff. Um, I usually like seeing it just because it looks different. Yeah, it feels real close to an application of like uh, the way Sue Ko would make, would make her, her raw works. Yeah, that's who I thought of. And I like the lettering is much better integrated, in my opinion, than many of these strips. Yeah, it's true. Like the, that computer lettering is just abysmal. But I always wonder when you see a page like this, is this one image or are these like separate paintings that they're putting together on the pages? Right. I also wonder like, when you get the phone call from the editor and they're like, hey, do you want to illustrate an Alan Moore piece? You're like, yeah, man, how many pages can I have? Right. <laughs> Be taking as many of those as you can give me. Richard Pace, not to be confused with Richard Case. <laughs> so funny, man. <laughs> and you might know him from doing some work on Pitt. Yeah, he's the, the writer. The Pitt uh, crew. The, the, the last issues. We, uh, we had some fun talking with him over dinner at Heroes this year. So uh, some fun stories there. Very different style than what I associate with his work, but you know, at this point, 25 years ago, so things change. Yeah. Uh, Art Adams, you know, we've done several videos on Art Adams. If you're an Art Adams fan, I encourage you to search our catalog for Art Adams. Um, also, if you're a Godzilla fan, it feels like this would be right up your alley. And this is a pretty fun, lyric-wise, I feel like this is a pretty fun entry in this collection. And we were speculating that this may be Art Adams doing lettering on here. Yeah, dude, it's it's really raw. Like the the uh, sound effects look really sharp and very professional, but but this lettering is like that's like the lettering that you did the first time you get your aims guide for when you're 12. Yeah, it's kind of inconsistent. Almost like you haven't figured out your setting on your aims guide because some of these look closer together than others. But if you look at like the R, it's the same R as what you're seeing in this lettering. So I would guess. If that's Art Adams, this is Art Adams. Yeah, so go back one, because, like, the big sound effects look great. Yeah. It's just, uh, you can't get a consistent, you know, that looks like black and white boom comic lettering. 
I kind of love the idea of Art Adams lettering looking like black and white boom lettering. Me too, because it's <laughs> such professional illustration with very raw lettering. It's it, like this is inconsistent with the aesthetics. Terry Moore, uh, again, coming out of like that Palmer's Picks and alternative and self-publishing Terry Moore, Strangers in Paradise and approaching the song differently once again. A lot of variety in how these artists approach their page layouts, which I think must be up to them. I don't I know. I can't imagine that. an editor coming in and being like, we're going to run this one as complete one page of prose and one page illustration. I mean, it's probably in the script. You think? Yeah. I assume you would just get your more or less unformatted lyrics and uh, draw yeah. something. Yeah, you're probably right. Pretty nice layouts, I think, for his story, incorporating kind of the spreads as part of it. And again, doing quite a few pages, which is would have been my approach. It's so funny thinking about that, like just getting some scraps of paper from Alan Moore. That's like really juicing this guy. Dave Johnson, who would go on to be, you know, a very popular cover artist in comics, only doing the one page, the Jordan Raskin kind of style. And I was confused by this like fourteen two ninety nine, thinking that's a date, but this is published before this, so it's not like this art was created in ninety nine. Right. It's probably some music thing. I guess it may be the, the name of the song. Reuniting our Watchmen team. Dave Gibbons. And the Nine Panel Grid. 1995, and we were speculating that this is probably early Dave Gibbons digital art. You know, some of it looks like just high contrast photography, some of it playing with numbers and things. So I'm guessing that this is uh, Dave doing, getting his computer station and doing some work, uh, digital lettering visible here. So he talks about that whenever we talk to him on the um, shoot interview, kind of going digital very early. And uh, I think this is an example of that. It's kind of funny to think about, man, because of just like the imagery that was available online and like how hard it was to get images into the computer. Those old scanners that were like the wand, you know, and um, like digital cameras, like it, it would be such a small pixel count. Definitely yeah, not suitable. Point. Definitely not suitable for print. It does make me curious now, like how exactly these would have, these images would have been digitized yeah. or, or obtained. But in a high contrast like this, it's probably negligible. Colleen Duran. Uh, Distant Soil, another one of these self-publishers, especially of the 90s that we would see in the uh, Palmer's Picks write-ups. Almost a uh, Sandman reference here. Absolutely. Like, like I, uh, without seeing the name, I was going to actually guess Jill Thompson. Mm. Just because of the hair. Yeah, I like that hair. And an another one of these, like, bring in some photographic imagery and do something with it. That's a cool thing, man, because... It's not like Caliber is paying high page rates or anything like this, and they're, but they're getting quality people. So, so these people can, they can stretch a little bit. It's also a really strange time. It's black and white. You know, you look at, oh, there aren't dates there, but you look at like the range, right? And it goes all the way back from negative burn 10. This one's 28. So probably or issue 35. I mean, that's several years of publication. Yeah. And depending on when these are published, like there's not a lot of, outside Marvel DC style. So whenever you get the call to do this, it's a chance to really experiment and exactly. try something. And that's what you're getting here at a time whenever kind of limited. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much uh, how much black and white and avant-garde kind of comics any of these creators are making. So it's a chance to really just play around with images and words in a not traditional comics style. Yeah. And this is certainly like 90s avant-garde, which is very close to like 
a well-produced zine aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. With it, with that artwork, very liberal with the whiteouts and and the collage, and the paste ups. Caliber had a website, nineteen ninety eight. Curious what that looked like back then, and this is uh, like I said, it is nineteen ninety eight is the publication and the copyright and Decia there. So, yeah, it's a strange one. You know, if you're an Alan Moore fan, I feel like this is kind of an interesting artifact. Yeah, and it may not be one that everybody knows. I was kind of unaware of this is 595 price tag at a time when comics were struggling to sell so possibly a low print run on this thing too yeah it's true yeah and and uh you you cannot find cheap copies like if you see this out in the wild for anything less than 10 bucks you like you're getting a good deal i was uh i was looking at it this week too and it has that early perfect binding that's uh -huh. very unreliable let's say sure just so open up that front cover again <laughs> so even if you if you end up with this you know you see uh a lot of these comics probably did not survive yeah you know a lot of them were probably read to pieces and and discarded and, so, and not you know a big book when you see the third eye that the pre previous owner might have had stink like patchouli that's true too <laughs> smell smell your copy before you bring it home <laughs> yeah. yeah ask the guy on ebay uh, how much of uh, patchouli was near that thing man because uh, it will invade your house it's funny to see the digital effects here you mentioned like like uh, dave mckean being an influence this is not his cover i think it's maybe ken myers jr is credited with that cover artist ken meyer jr uh but you see like the microphones being bent this is early digital it's like what can we do what 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 what's available to us in photoshop uh you know you see the things of like laying type and drawings on top of everything so kind of fun in that regard as well <laughs> i didn't even realize this was his hair <laughs> good to go yeah okay favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is going down last Saturday in July. Make sure you put your comic book doubles, your comp copies in the free little lending libraries in your neighborhood. We need to increase more comic book readership. This is one way of doing it. Uh, the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon uh, is where the King Kayfabers get exclusive access to all of our videos before anybody else mitigates the Kayfabe effect. This book is Kayfabe affected already, man, uh, and they're getting the cheapest copies of it. Uh, the vids are ultimately brought to you by the books that we make. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you this Christmas. Uh, it is collecting the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that I've done about ten, starting 10 years ago. 140 pages of additional content. We looked at uh, those proofs on the channel. Uh, there is another holiday effort that I'm putting out. It's the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy in trade paperback form from Marvel Comics. Uh, a couple of those volumes out of print at this point. This is your way to get your hands on all of it. And Red Room uh, is the comic that I'm working on these days. Red Room Crypto Killers is the latest series of Red Room Comics. Issue 3 is coming out uh, next week as of, this, uh, as of this recording. Jimmy, what do you have? Hope Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live are my latest books that are available in print. Street Angel Princess of Poverty will be out later this fall, collecting all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Squirrel Live. So... Pick up both. You'll have a nice set for your shelf, and you'll have all my Street Angel comics. True Crime Funnies is my latest self-published comic book. It is currently out of print. I will be reprinting these uh, at some point, probably later this year. But if you can't wait until then, you can read the entire thing on patreon.com slash jimrug. You can also download it on my website as a PDF. So if you can't wait, pick it up in digital form. There are other ways to support the channel. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, sweatshirts, mugs, hats, stickers, and lots more 
at our spread shop. That link is under this video. There you have it. All good ways to support the Cortana's Kayfabe channel. Giving us marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.